With spring right around the corner, maybe you like me, you're excited to get out for longer walks and runs, pick up a new book to read outside, or just get out and explore new neighborhoods and food. Or we could do all three wrapped in one. Our friends over at Read and Run Chicago are expanding to nearby Lamont for three different meetups. The group is like a combination running club, book club, and neighborhood tour, and each route in Lamont is about three miles paired with a different book from Pat Camaliere's Corotazi Historical Mystery Series. Afterwards, you'll get to sit down with the author and historian and sample some food from local restaurants. The first run is Saturday, March 23rd. Spots are limited and are going to go fast. So register now at readandrunchicago.com or find the link on their Instagram at readandrunchicago. Today on City Cash Chicago, the city faces yet another wrongful conviction lawsuit. Area hospitals need more midwives, and we celebrate hip hop's 50th anniversary and Chicago's place in it all year long. Joining me this week are the tribe's award-winning journalist Tonya Hill and the new co-host of WBEZ's The Rundown, Adora Namigade. It's Friday, September 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Morning, Adora. Morning, Tonya. How y'all feeling today? I'm feeling great. How are you guys? I'm good. All week long on the podcast, we've been talking about fall getaways. We've given people road trips in every direction. We've talked about day trips off the metro. And uh, yesterday we were talking about camping, glamping, and all things hiking. Adora, I want to start with you. Would you consider yourself a camper or a glamper? Um, I believe camping is an insult to my ancestors who invented houses. So <laughs> glamping all the way, period. Because I just I just don't think they put in all that time and effort to invent houses so that I could sleep on the grass. Sorry to everyone who likes camping. That's how I feel. <laughs> you can't be straight to the point. So if you're going for glamping, obviously you do not want to be sleeping outside. But do you really like what, what are you looking for? A good shower, a great bed, all of the above. And a great hot tub. Only thing you missed. Oh, and mm -hmm. a great hot tub. Clearly, I missed something. Because imagine it's like kind of cold outside and you have your little glass of wine or like tea in the hot tub. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do. No, you're painting the whole picture now. I like it. Tony, you was nodding your head the whole time. Are you a camper or a glamper? So I have not really done either as an adult. Um, okay. <laughs> I was a Girl Scout. So we did go camping, but the campgrounds that we stayed on in Indiana had like different types of setups. So there were some like for real legit Girl Scouts that did camp outside <laughs> with tents. We were girls from the south side of Chicago. So our troop was not doing that. We were we were in the facility with the, the yeah, indoor for the hybrid party. system. Exactly. So I feel like I, I'm with you on that. I think. I would probably do bougie camping because I'm not trying to sleep outside with whatever is outside when the lights, when the sun goes down. So <laughs> I think I think I'd probably be a glamper as well. <laughs> do you have a perfect fall getaway destination? Is there somewhere you're looking forward to going or somewhere you'd love to go as the as the summer months start to dwindle away? Yes, I really want to go to the Smoky Mountains. Ooh. Um, you know, I, that's been on my bucket list for a while and do like um, a little fake Tyler Perry. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I get married <laughs> when they were all up camping in that cabin? 
<laughs> so I just really, I've really, that's been on my bucket list for a long time. Like I wanted to do that for for a birthday, but it hasn't it hasn't made it out of the group chat yet. So when's your birthday? I, I would love to do. It's in February. Okay, awesome. Shout out to Jill Scott. Yeah, I love Jill Scott. That that sounds like a good time to go. Yeah, and then the bears would be hibernating because I know they're you know so <laughs> ah, smart. So they be they be gone. Good timing. <laughs> Adora, what about you? You got a uh, perfect fall getaway spot? I'd low-key like to join that trip, even though I'm not in the group chat. So please consider me. Um, But my perfect fall spot would be going out to like Rockford and going to a nice orchard, getting my fresh apple cider, my freshly made donuts, that super creamy, nice ice cream. That's what I live for in the fall. Come on, you might not even have to go that far uh, this okay. weekend. It's some it's some apple picking happening uh, close by as well. So you know, keep keep your eye open. Thank you uh, on that on the Hey Chicago newsletter. We're gonna be putting you on all the the apple picking, uh, all of the the pumpkin patches, all of the corn mazes, both in the city uh, and nearby. We got you, G. That's what I like to hear because who wants to drive? Not me. <laughs> not you giving. I didn't see the Rockford shout out coming this morning. So <laughs> good for you on that. I have a friend lives there two friends so like when i'm out there that's where i go (laughs) every single friday we bring in some friends from across the city to talk about the stories that matter to them this weekend antonia i want to start with you uh wttw has done a lot of reporting this summer on how much chicago taxpayers pay uh in police misconduct suits and wrongful conviction suits and it looks like the city is facing yet another lawsuit can you tell us the story of lee harris Sure. So uh, Lee Harris was convicted of murder uh, from a 1989 murder um, of a young grad student. And yeah, he maintained his innocence throughout that time period. And he was from Cabrini Green. He was implicated in this murder by the local police officers there um, because of his ties as a previous informant. So um, as I was just reading through his story and just learning about like the pressure from the police department trying to close this case up and just all the different you know tactics that they used to try to implicate him in this story, even getting going mm-hmm. so far as to get like and verify the word of a, you know, a quote unquote jailhouse snitch to kind of implicate Lee in this story and just like his fight to to remain, you know, just to keep believing that he would be free one day. And just hearing today, like getting that email and seeing like, you know, he was released in March, I believe, of this year, but just seeing that email where we see another lawsuit happening. And then just last week, there was another man that was, I believe, the charges were dropped against him. So I just, you know, you bringing up WTTW, I was just, his story is making me think of like just how much Chicago taxpayers have paid out to families and victims of the police misconduct lawsuits and just considering how, I don't know, like how we learned anything, basically. Like these mm-hmm. things are still still happening. You know, we have a new police superintendent and the Chicago Police Department is still under a federal consent decree and compliance with that is very low. So it just made me consider all of these things in light of this, yet, like you said, another lawsuit with someone like basically airing out the wrongs that they endured, you know, under the police department, the state's attorney's office and such. Yeah. And I mean, so many of these convictions span over 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And according to WTTW, from spring of 2019 to spring of 2023, uh, city council had to authorize $178 million in wrongful conviction lawsuit payments. And that 
is just a chunk of the $280 million in total that's been paid out for police misconduct suits. And it feels like every other, if not every city council meeting, one of the things that's buried in their agenda is that they have to vote on whether or not to make these payouts. I think earlier this summer, they had to pay out $25 million in two separate uh, cases. And, and like you said, Tony, are we learning anything? Is this something that the the new chief of police who was went through unanimously, 48 to nothing, Mm -hmm, through city council. And they're putting their unanimous faith in this individual to not only uh, sort of address the the consent decree, the federal mandates that of reform that the city is under, but to also rebuild or build for the first time trust with communities, you know, and I, I, I always feel like that task is too big for one individual and probably impossible. But in light of these types of numbers, uh, you know, I I, I, I want to see what at least what type of stance the chief of police takes towards these payouts. Um, Adora, what what do you think when you, you see these numbers? Because, again, this is money coming out of me, you, Tony, out, out of our pockets as taxpayers. No, I agree. I'm definitely interested to see if the new police chief is going to make any significant change in that direction that will impact our pockets ultimately at the end of the day. So, yeah, there's there's a chance for reform in this area. And I'm interested to see if that happens. We'll be following the ongoing case from Lee Harris. You can learn more about that lawsuit and WTTW's findings in our show notes. Uh, Adore, a really important uh, report has come out over the last few weeks from a colleague of yours, Kristen Shorts, over at WBEZ, and it's about the need for more midwives in the state of Illinois. Can you explain this report, but start off with what is a midwife for people who may not be familiar? Absolutely. So a midwife, let me pull up the definition in her article. In Illinois, a midwife is a nurse who has an advanced degree. They can manage a person's entire pregnancy and deliver their baby. So they're trained that birth is a normal process and that medical intervention isn't really necessary unless the pregnancy becomes high risk. So midwives can really be a great emotional and medical support to people who are giving birth. And the problem that my colleague Kristen reported is that like, across Illinois and specifically in Chicago, even more on the South side, people are just axing midwives from their staffs and they're doing it because they want to have faster birth rates and be able to have more people give birth. But then the consequence is um, more people are having to have C-sections and that's not good if it can be avoidable. And, you know, it just makes the birth process less comfortable, less natural, if you will, and puts people at higher risk. And less personalized in many ways. You're sort of treating, uh, you know, pregnant people in this sort of like churn and burn mentality in many ways. And we've seen so much reporting over the last few years about how C-sections are being used in the medical industry in the same way plea bargains are being used in the criminal legal system as a way to expedite the process, not necessarily to look at each and every person and, and what they're going through. No, exactly. It makes me it makes me very sick. And especially like as a black woman who hopes to have children one day, it's like. Oh, it's 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 so creepy to think about giving birth like in a hospital because you're just like, wow, is anyone going to be looking out for me? Is anyone going to be taking care of me? Will I have access to people who are going to help advocate for me? And more and more, the trends are showing just like, no, we're taking away those different supports that would be helpful. What are we hearing from Chicago area midwives or doulas, people who are doing this work about, you know, what, what people are asking for in terms of alternative uh, processes? They think it's really important, and there definitely is a movement of people who 
want to emphasize the kind of like natural aspect of giving birth. And if they can afford to privately hire a midwife or a doula, that is an increasingly popular thing to do. But of course, the key word there, right, is if you can afford it. So it's the kind of thing where, you know, every woman should be able to have access to this kind of service. But it's definitely becoming like if you have money, then you can get these extra helps. And if not, you just got to lay on the table, turn and burn, like you said. Yeah, I I haven't had a chance to read through the entire piece, but I think this is something that's like, as you mentioned, really important in the conversation for people who are interested in birthing. And, you know, as a black woman, I'm not sure if I want to have children, but I, you know, am in community with mothers. Um, My cousin just gave birth and had to have a C-section. And it's just very, it's very scary. I mean, giving birth in general is very traumatic. Right, even if it goes well. (laughs) Even if it goes well, but it's a really traumatic experience. And I feel like there's not, it's just scary. The numbers that we see around, you know, maternal Mm -hmm. mortality rates. And then the fact that the expectation is after you give birth, you still have to, you know, you have to care for this new baby and also heal yourself at the same time. And how having a C-section, you know, is probably definitely going to impact the care you're able to give after. And I think it's an important thing for sure. Yeah, I mean, this this report is coming at a crucial time. The most recent data we have says only 9% of births in Illinois have a midwife present throughout the process or in the birthing room. And so you, you're seeing more and more people advocate on behalf of this profession and advocate on behalf of increased investment. So we'll see, is there anything for the city or the state to do uh, to, to maybe mandate them being um, brought into the process more uh, more consistently? City of Chicago Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection offers a free entrepreneur certificate program for future and current business owners in Chicago. Participants must complete six webinars within six months in designated webinar categories. Graduates are eligible to apply for the CIBC Bank USA Entrepreneur Loan Program, a bank partner with BACP. The longstanding program was created to support startup or early stage small businesses, gain entrepreneur training with important working capital. Since the program launched, more than 1,000 Chicago entrepreneurs and business owners have successfully completed the program. Completing the process is as easy as one, two, three. Number one, register by signing up at chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Number two, attend six webinars by registering for upcoming webinars at chicago.gov slash BACP webinars. And number three, graduate from the program and you'll receive your digital certificate and information on connecting with CIBC Bank USA. To learn more about the BACP Entrepreneur Certificate Program, please visit chicago.gov slash BACP certificate. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. 
Again, I am here with WBEZ's Adora Namigade and Tonia Hill from the tribe. Adora, I want to stay with you. Uh, we learned this week that Chicago children seem to be improving in their reading scores. What are the latest numbers coming from CPS? Yeah, um, they actually improved their reading scores dramatically. So they made a test called iReady, and it's supposed to be different than like your standard standardized test. And the rates of children reading at or above their grade level were at 9% last year. And then now they're at 40%. So that's a huge jump. Come on, I'll take that. It's also true for black students, for Latino students. So they're saying, hey, we are doing a lot of different things that are helping children improve their reading. One of the things I thought really was interesting was a grant to help create literacy rich environments. And that includes just like things like having soft chairs in the classroom, nice, colorful rugs, different technology for kids to use and packs of books for kids to take home at multiple times throughout the year. So it's funny that something as simple as a rug or a soft chair, I mean, they, they, those things make a big difference. And in impoverished communities, people might not have access to just those minor little details that make the environment for learning. They had a whole storyline on Abbott Elementary about the need for rugs in the classroom. True. Uh, I mean, the, the the episode about introducing the reading technology was hilarious. And I do wonder how teachers and parents are transitioning because the school system has gone through a lot of changes, not only with the, a new elected school board and uh, what's to come on that front, but we've seen them change their rating system, moving away from numerical rating to these more comprehensive dashboards that have test scores and attendance and graduation rates. But this testing that you're talking about is is pretty new and not everyone has to use the same testing, but it's, it's slowly expanding. I think over 400 of the district's elementary schools use them. And these literacy rich environments you're talking about, they are in 90 schools, but the district says they'll grow to 50 more schools. Um, we're, we're still dealing with the, the consequences of learning loss throughout the pandemic. And we know that the uh, efficacy numbers we're going to see are, uh, they're going to range from these good moments to some alarming numbers that say uh, both nationwide, statewide, and citywide, our, our students are struggling and they need more. Um, but hey, we're going to take this good news wherever we can get it. Uh, from reading in the classroom to celebrating 50 years of hip hop music in Chicago, Tony, the latest article from Evan Moore talks about some of our city's contributions. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more? Sure. So um, I thought this story was important because, as Evan mentioned in the article, some of our contributions are not known or skewed. And just thinking to the Grammys this last year, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we were not in that <laughs> in that entire, you know, little little run through or thing that they did to celebrate. The, right. So, tomato, I, tomato, you know, no tomato. Chicago artist whatsoever. And I won't name that Chicago artist. But, you know, I if that was the reason. But I just feel like you know, thinking back to my childhood growing up with my older cousins who were having me listen to Hey and, you know, all these different things like growing up, you know, as a millennial with hip hop and Evan just like running through all these different record stores, coops that I used to pass all the time because I lived in Auburn Gresham and just like paying homage to these types of artists and just thinking about what hip hop means to me as a millennial, like, um, you know, growing up in the LimeWire era. So <laughs> not really having... <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. LimeWire was It was the best. burning and tearing up everybody's... PCs, but you know, had to get had to get the tracks. But the mix CD era. So like from a friend of a friend hearing, you know, college dropout, late registration. So those are like 
instrumental albums to me. Um, Lupe Fiasco's first album. So I just love that Evan is is pointing out those things and just like shining a light on the South Side. And I just feel like we should get more of a nod to our contributions to hip hop. And it was just a shame to see the Grammys, one of the biggest stages, not do that. But I know like the BET Awards, even talking about um, Drill, you know, Mark is a real, you know, big deal and advocate around writing about um, Drill music. So just like having Chief Keith be there, that music, the type of sound that was created here is like replicated across the globe, honestly. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I just thought it was a good way to, to represent us and give us our flowers that we do not often get, you know, for, for yeah. this. You mentioned Mark. Shout out to Mark Brayboy, who is a, a tribe contributor, but also one of uh, Chicago's best music writers and photographers, uh, both high key and low key. Uh, and Mark had an article that came out recently about what Chicago's hip hop scene looks like right now. And he sat down with Fendi, the rapper whose song uh, Point Me To has been going crazy for a while now and had this beautiful moment during the summer, you know, getting more attention when when Cardi B jumped on the remix. Um, you know, he's also covered, you know, Mellow Bucks, who, uh, you know, had Lotto out on 79th and Essex at one point earlier this year. And in spite of the you know sort of lack of attention Chicago gets, you you see people like Mello, you see people like Fendi, you even see people like Mick Jenkins and, and Femdot. You you see people still thriving even as we're not getting our flowers. I mean, Dirk just had a, a prolific summer out here, um, get bringing more and more attention uh, back home. So shout out to Evan Moore, shout out to Mark Brayboy. We'll drop links to both of those amazing stories in our show notes. And we talking about Chicago hip hop. All year long. And I'm going to keep that going. Every single episode ends with some good news. And I typically save mine to the end. But my good news is an event that's happening tonight at the MCA uh, between Shybrations and the MCA. They're putting on a 50th year celebration from 630 to 11. It's going to be hosted by my boy Binky, who y'all heard on the podcast earlier this summer. It's going to be music by Sam Thousand, who you hear every single day on the podcast, whose intro ring us in. They're going to have poetry from Iman Lauren. Uh, Brittany Carter and Freddie Old Soul going to be in the building during a the panel. There'll be breakdancing, hip-hop ciphers, even more DJs. Uh, and you can get your tickets at a link in the show notes. I-, I might have to stop through for this one. It's just so many people that I know going to be in the building. Uh, and-, and like I said, despite us not getting our flowers for our contributions over the first 50 years, Chicago continues to thrive. And at this point, it's setting really the wave, the lingo, the sound for what's going forward. Um, And so, yeah, I'm going to kick it to you next, Adora. What is your some good news? Your girl got promoted, okay? I am the co-host of The Rundown (laughs) morning episodes at WBEZ, so I'm very excited. Period. Period. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) For people who may not be familiar, The Rundown is one of Chicago's best daily news podcasts. Um, How are you excited to be joining Aaron over there? I'm feeling thrilled. Um, Aaron has really laid the path before me, if you will. So it's nice to join something that she kind of already started and spearheaded. And then also it's nice because I was trying to become a morning person again, but just didn't have the willpower. Now that my paycheck's on the line, <laughs> suddenly very easy, you know? <laughs> that, that really changes hey, things. It does. It, it, it really does. kicks you into fast gear. It does. Uh, Tonya, to you, what is your good news for CityCast listeners today? Yes, I'm going to see Beyonce again. Ooh. Um, <laughs> again. No, no, no. Say that one more time. 
Again. Again. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see her again for her final show for the Renaissance World Tour. Um, so it's a little bittersweet. Um, I did see her here in Chicago, but I was not happy with my seats. So <laughs> I had an obstructive view. And yeah, it was just very disappointing. So now I'm assuming I you don't okay. have an obstructed view. I don't have an obstructed view. Nice. But um I'm also sitting up higher than I was in Chicago. So that's like a little, you know, but I'm in the building for the last show and you know Beyonce does special things at shows. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's her last show. So what are you excited to get that Chicago probably didn't get? Right. Um, well, actually, she hurt my feelings when she had the percolator playing through that uh, that transition because I'm like, why didn't this get played with us? Like, she added that after. I don't understand. So um, I was like, Beyonce, why? You know, and uh, you finna get the full shebang this weekend, right? We posted that on our Instagram, and that's people were saying that's because she knew Soldier Field was going to like actually levitate off Erupt. the ground or something mm-hmm. so <laughs> hey you gonna have a better time at kansas city than the bears did last weekend listen <laughs> uh, let's not talk about it okay so it's awesome though being from detroit as, as loyal as i am to chicago you know all of a sudden everyone's like you're so lucky you're a lions fan and i'm like you don't understand i never heard that growing Mm-mm. up you know no so kind of wild didn't. the bears are doing that bad like that y'all bad? are doing good though beyonce is better than both of these teams okay <laughs> <laughs> She's Very selling true. out both of their stadiums better than they are. Hey, they could learn a thing yeah. or two from her. <laughs> Gotta win. That's the first thing. I want to give another huge thank you to our guest today from WBEZ Metro reporter and the new co-host of The Rundown, Adora Namigade, and the award-winning journalist from the homies at The Tribe, Tonya Hill. Thank y'all for making time for CityCast today. Thank you for having us. Of course. Thank you for having us. Before I let you go, I want to give a huge thank you to all the people who make CityCast Chicago. That's lead producer Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor is Sydney Madden, our producers are Grant Irving and Lizzie Goldsmith, our roving newsletter editor is Natalia Aldana, the music we all love is from Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. And as always, my last thank you is for you. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen and make sure you're back here on Monday when we're talking why is Chicago so bad at recycling with Monica Ang. I'll talk to you then. Peace. I'm just out here running this con on people. People think I'm so smart. I'm like, no, I am well edited. (laughs) That is what you are listening to. (laughs) Please.